0: Circle Podcast, with Julie, Glenn, and Phil, exploring and expanding the consciousness, learning from each other. Discuss and explore our journeys of spiritual development. You are now tuned in to The Full Circle Frequency.
1: Hi, this is Kelly Hopley from Incorporating Wellness, the health shop at Mansfield Woodhouse and 360 Wellbeing Centre Chesterfield. You're listening to The Full Circle Podcast.
0: Hello, both of you. How are you both? It's December. Before before I ask you how you are. It's December. Don't Where's the time we, gone? It's it, the it's the 4th of December today? No, 3rd, 3rd. 3rd of December. Have you had have you had your first Christmas mince pie yet? Nope. <laughs> no, I haven't. No. Have you? Uh, uh, well, probably in september october no (laughs) time he's joking really
1: (laughs) do you like mince pies
0: yeah i don't they shouldn't be they should be for life not just for christmas true uh fun fact fun fact actually mince pies did you know the original shape was um like a rectangle was it yes yeah do you know why no idea think about christmas
1: Oh like a present.
0: No. Think about the baby Advent. Jesus.
1: Oh okay.
0: What was the baby Jesus in?
1: Oh in a manger. A cloth. In a manger. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the oh, original yeah. shape of a mince pie was the manger. manger. Do you know the spices in mince meat? Mhm. So do you know what they were meant to represent? three wise men's gifts, for a guess? You are correct, yeah. Glenn. Wow, well, mm. must be psychic. <laughs> it must be Frankincense. It must be yeah <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't think they actually do go in the mince in the mince meat, but that's what they're supposed to represent, and actually, mm. I heard that um fun fact, another fun fact um <laughs> the actual mince pie or the mincemeat I think originated from the Crusades and it was brought across from the Middle East gosh. Wow.
2: I've got to say there, Phil, you're starting to sound like Sheldon from the Big Bang thing. <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's
1: a lot of fun facts there, there tonight. So yeah. I'm yeah. not laughing
0: <laughs> So I've taken far too much time up. No, you're all right. About You've been pies. in
1: your element there, so why not? Uh,
0: looking forward to using our new um, segment. It's not an app, Julish. No. It's not an app. Okay. <laughs> Keep it a surprise. It's a surprise. Got to wheel it out the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's bring in our guest. Yes, of course. And we'll talk about what I've been doing later. Let's bring in our fabulous guest, uh, spiritual counsellor, psychic medium, author as well, commonly known as the one and only waistcoat man. Um, please welcome rick paul
3: welcome rick Um, welcome rick hello good evening good evening everybody
0: good evening rick how are you
3: i'm all right thank you
0: have you had your first mince pie of christmas yet (laughs) rick
3: about ten minutes before this broadcast. Oh, there
1: we go. Must be psychic. Definitely,
0: yeah. I won't bore you with any fun facts.
3: <laughs> no, I don't need to know the history. I only like eating them. Yeah. Oh. In fact,
0: they were the only facts that I do know about mince pies. So there we go. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us, Rick, this evening to record with us. It's a pleasure. Um, I know that you've, you're really very busy, so thank you for giving us um, an hour thank of you. your time. Really, yeah. so so thank you. Have you had a good week, well, Rick? What have you been up to?
3: Um, well, uh, last weekend was the uh, the show at Newark, and yes. uh, the uh, the nominated for the Derek Akora Memorial Award. Oh, Amazing. fantastic! Well so done. It was a good show and a uh, mm. good demonstration time, and then. Back to earth with a bump and <laughs> and labouring and basically sweeping up this week. I've been chief chief cleaner and washer-upper. So today's yeah. been a day of rest, and we'll see plotting and planning and scheming for next year. Now, yeah, yeah. Rick, Fantastic. how do you
0: how do you balance your? Because I know you, you you're kind of like me, Rick. I think to be honest with working, let's say a normal job. And balancing that with this, with your spiritual side, how do you manage? How do you manage that?
3: Well, I mean, the, the reality of the situation is having to. You know, um, I've always been a working man, and then the, the the spiritual side of the thing is just sort of coming in. Um, um, what I look at doing now is is the expansion of it. So I'm, I'm in a fortunate enough position where I'm doing sort of temporary jobs where that I can sort of say, you know, if I've got a busier period um doing the spiritual stuff, then I, I make other things fit fit around it. So in that in that way I'm very, very fortunate that I don't have a full time job as such. Mm,
0: yeah.
3: It yeah. Has, has its risks, obviously, you know, yeah. with not having
0: regular, regular work. Yeah.
3: But in the main I do really feel that I'm being looked after by those in spirit.
0: Yeah. It's
1: quite yeah. flexible for you then, isn't it, Rick? So
0: you can
3: Sort of do what what you want to do within reason. It's a very fortunate position to be in, it is.
0: That's good. Brilliant. So we usually start the episode, Rick, by taking it right back to your beginning. And uh, not not your birth, obviously. <laughs> well, you can <laughs> talk that about you at. can talk about that if you like.
3: But we we we'll, long ago. we long ago. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: like to ask about spiritual awakenings and, and your own spiritual path. So, could you tell us a little bit about your own awakening to the spiritual life and where you went to and, and where you up mm-hmm. to and, and your path?
3: Yeah, well, I don't have to take you back to me, to my birth, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, my journey began. Uh, well, just to give people a, a little bit of a background on on me, um, I was a prison officer for yeah. uh, twelve years. Right. Um, and I won't bore you with the the details of what sort of I where I I finished up with the, with with, uh, with that job. But mm. actually, what was happening towards the end of that time was quite a stressful period for me. And as I was driving to work on my eighty-six mile a day commute, I started right. to smell um, cigarette smoke in my car. Um, and I've never, I've never smoked, and I don't allow people to come in my car that smoke. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was, a, it was a bit of a bit of a strange thing that set off quite a few sequence of events where I left the prison service. Um, I had a couple of. Um, messages, if you like, or pointers from the, from the spirit world. And then it began to build and build. And I ended up at um, uh, working on a building site uh, very close to where I live. And one day I'm stood there cleaning out this garage, ready for the next lot of people coming in. And uh, there in front of me was my granddad, which wow. is not uh, an unusual thing, really, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But he'd been, at that point, he'd been dead for 10 years. So yeah. um, it's right. yeah. been very, very black and white, I can tell you that I was shocked. bit <laughs> all day because we've got people listening. But I was a little bit unnerved by it all.
1: Yeah. Mm, that was the start then, wasn't he? He was the first uh, ancestor to visit you then. Yeah,
3: yeah yeah so what what happened then I mean it's one of those things who do you go and speak to about this this sort of thing I mean if you went to a doctor's they'd probably give you pills if you went to a yeah. the specialist they'd probably want to lock you what? up
4: and, and yeah. fortunately, yeah.
3: fortunately yeah. for me I uh, found the spiritualist church um, and, and I went down to watch what other people do because I've always been fascinated by mediums and psychics and people yeah. that work with energy I've, I've, it's, it's been a lot uh, quite a long time in being interested in how to do it but what I've learned over the years is you can't put science to it so your analytical mind has yeah. got no place in, in that, a spiritual yeah. setting yeah. but uh, yeah. I went down there and I walked into the building and was embraced by somebody well I don't know if you can sort of put your imagination out there that uh, when I was working in the prison service, if somebody came up and tried to give you a hug, would <laughs> have been a very different outcome. <laughs> so, I'm uh, sure. so what there was uh, that particular day? And right. the lovely lady um, turned around and said to me that I've got the potential to work with spirit, and and I sort of laughed and disagreed with it. And she said, within eighteen months, I'd be on platform. Well, it, yes, it came in around the eighteen month time, and then it's. It's basically gone from there. So I've forged my own identity and uh, pushed mm. on, and I'm where I am today.
1: Yeah. How long that's, ago is that that's... then? How far are we going back to this when you awakened then or you were visited by your granddad?
3: The awakening, um, I would say, was 2013 when I left the prison service. I'd say very, very black and white um, in a box. Yeah. Sort of thought process where everything had its place, and it, it there was no sort of what I tend to call now when I'm demonstrating to people, there was no fluffy. Yeah, you know, there was no <laughs> the, the, the lovely spiritual vibe or anything like that. It was one thing or the other, and people yeah. who yeah. sort of claim to have that ability for me, I, I'm, I'm very much. I'm not a religious person mm-hmm. um, and I don't really have any particularly strong points either way. It's kind of like each to their own. But I, I, even I, I've got to admit, I had to 100% wholesale change the way that I looked at things, the way that I absorbed uh, um, people's energies when they were around me. That was the strangest thing to mm-hmm. to deal with for me where it was. You, I, I'm now very, very wary about being in close proximity to people. If yeah. I feel that their energies aren't very good, I, I move myself out of the way of that very quickly. Yeah,
1: I understand
0: yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very wise. Yeah. yeah, talking about energies, Rick. Actually, I've just got two questions from what you've just said there, because um, you were just talking. You, 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 you said religion, uh, but you don't really follow any particular religion, as. We we don't really do we I suppose, but so what would you say spirituality is for you, Rick? If you could explain uh, spirituality.
3: Well, I, as I say, not having a spiritual uh, sorry, not having a a, a religious belief. I I've spent a long time thinking about that, so it's mm. it's an answer Good now question. that comes more ready readily to mind than it used to. You see, I believe in what's called the universal energy—the energy that surrounds us all. Yes. You know, yeah, that's That yeah, like one yeah. true place of love, light, and upliftment for me. Um, and I, and I, and what happens with me is that I I call that energy in when I'm when I'm working, and it's just that feeling of just strength, upliftment, guidance, and support. But the the thing for me is not really needing to explain it. All I can say is is that I know when I start to work with people, I start to work with that that energy. That it's there when it's called upon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah, a very yeah. good question mm. as well, there, Phil.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Rick. Good answer. Um, mm-hmm. The other question that I'd got from there, you were talking about energies of other people, how are you finding the? How are you finding, Rick, the energies at the minute? Um, especially building up to the 4th of December, on well, tomorrow, with the new, with the full moon, mm-hmm. the energies at the minute are, for me, all over the place. How are you finding it at the minute, Rick?
3: Well, it, it's strange to say, I, I mean, if I give you something like, as I say, in my background there, when I was working in the prison officer, I was sort of rusty-tufty, you know, gym-goer and all of this sort of thing, and, mm-hmm. uh, and the thoughts of um, anything like energy affecting me I wouldn't have considered it. But the, the last moon cycle, my word, I was absolutely flattened by it. The energy was so draining. It was emotional. Um, <laughs> there was lots of sort of swirling. Uh, mm. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the term crossroads uh, at all because uh, I work with uh, people sort of on positivity. So, But I found a lot of going back... To, uh, going back to old habits you know mm. sort of yeah. triggers and things like that and I'll be perfectly honest I've found it really really difficult especially over the last sort of two or three weeks I've felt quite flat mm. yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm an upbeat person these days but I have found it quite difficult to to manage it. And but the thing is when you accept this um, gift, if you like, from from the spirit world. This yeah. is part and parcel of it is, yeah. what I've come yeah. to expect over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think as a collective, we felt like that as well. Yeah, we, yeah, as a collective on on the four of us here, mm. we have all been the same for the last three or three. I've hardly been able weeks. to do anything for the last month. Me, yeah. Glenn, you've had um, you've had a forced break, haven't you?
2: Yeah, it's just that acceptance. You know, you have to listen to and. Or intuition there, don't you? And um, you have to, like I say, you have to let it go. Go with the flow, let it go. And like we were saying the other week, um, I feel as though there's something about to emerge, something positive, a big change is coming in really, really soon. So I yeah. feel like we've, we're going through this for a reason to get yeah, us prepared. it's like holding
1: the line, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah,
2: we're, we're releasing those cords of attachment that we may or may not know that we're holding yeah and uh, it's getting us ready for this new change isn't it
0: yeah absolutely um mass awakenings again in december i think So and realisation, yeah, it? yeah yeah so mm-hmm. really ramping up sorry rick anyway because i kind of dug into what you were talking about so sorry about that and you've probably lost your flow now so i can't really say carry on <laughs> unless you can remember what you were talking about
3: well, oh yeah, yeah it, it, no, not not lost my flow, it's just been, you see, this is this has been the thing from, as I say, when I accepted the, uh, I don't know how you, how you would put the it, gift? when I accepted the mantle, if you like, when it was sort of put down in front of me that this was the path that I was going to tread, I realised that. Like with everything in life, in life. There's, it's very rare that every day is straightforward. Mm. So it's been, you know, the, the old saying of taking the rough with the smooth.
4: Mm. Yes. But always
3: having the mindset of that even darker times don't last. It's just having that, that mindset, that strength of mind to get up that each new day and deal with what you've got in front of you rather than letting yourself be turned around and, uh, and be triggered. So when I I work with people, I always look at um, reducing sort of negative thoughts, if you like, to their their shortest uh, form and then describe it as having muck around you. And if you've got muck around you, Mm. you just have Mm. a wash and clear it all off. So (laughs) when I talk about my spirituality, I try and keep it as simplistic as I can do so then I don't have to remember too much. (laughs) Brilliant.
0: (laughs) That's good. I was talking about that last night, actually, and how... We we need to make it simple. We need to make spirituality and what we talk about because it can sound confusing sometimes. Mm. And we do need to make it simple. Um actually that's just reminded me of the first time I met you, Rick, you told me your own philosophy. And I know that you have that on your website and your for me, well I'll say your philosophy. I am what I I am what I am. I do what I do. I am just me.
4: Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us about can you tell us about what that philosophy means to you?
3: Yeah uh, again I mean I just to get, again give you a little bit of background on that. Um I've always been a massive fan of stand up comedy um and part of my sort of defense mechanism when I was uh, going through my own anxieties and uh, depression and dark times was that my sense of humor has always mm-hmm. been quite a shield but it, you can switch on to a caricature to get you through that so that people don't really see the other side of you because mm. yeah. behind all of the, the waistcoat and all of the color there is quite a private person in there but everybody seems to want a sort of or they've got a particular memory of you so when I when I started out um going around the shows and uh appearing at shows it became very clear to me that there's a lot of different characters out there and there's a lot of different people so I had a um client come sit with me and she sat down and she said so what do you do and I said well to be honest I don't know I don't know the uh, answer to that question and she (laughs) said well that's not very helpful is it (laughs) (laughs) and I said well until you sort of sit down and then Mm. I get a feel for your energy I don't really know what's going to come out you you know I said I look at uh, my work as on the principle of catchphrase which is say what you see so it could be Mm. anything absolutely anything depending on what I pick up around the person, what my guide's telling me, what the person's guide's telling me. So I said, basically, I can't give you I can't give you a very a, a straight answer to that question. I said, I'm very blunt and direct, and and if I've got it, you'll get it, and if I haven't, you won't. I said,
1: yeah,
3: I'm like basically, that. <laughs> I am what yeah. I am. Um,
1: yeah.
3: I, I can't quantify it, and, and then I just do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't sort of pretend to be anybody else, I'm, and I do talk a lot to people about There's a lot of people that will want you to be like somebody else. And I just went, well, I can be 100% Rick Paul (laughs) um, and I know how that works, but I can't be a diluted version of somebody else or you'll soon find me out. So that became the end part of it that, you you know, I am just me. You know, there's no airs, no graces, no pretension. I'm, I'm not in this I, I, I struggle to use the word business in connection with my spiritual mm. word, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm not in yeah. this business where people tell me how good I am. That's not what it's about. Exactly.
1: It's, mm. Yeah, it, I agree it, with it's that. Lifted,
3: it's lifting people's energies. It's giving them uh, help, help. and help, guidance. Help. It's mm. giving them uh, resolution to things. And it's also, for me, it's about constructing the next steps as well. So it's never about me. I'm that, I'm that small part. So... Just to, before I bore you all to sleep, uh, the other part of that was I always talk about being part of a triangle. And there's three parts of a triangle. The most important part being um, the spirit, the spirit, your energy or your God energy, whatever you choose to call it, yeah. who feed down to the conduit that is me. Now, spirit, in my humble opinion, are never wrong. I'm the mm. weaker link in the triangle because I can be because I've got to interpret whatever they're giving me to then pass on to that client. And the strongest, second strongest part of that triangle is is your client. Um, and your client knows exactly what's happened in their life. They know what suits them. So when I sit down for a consultation or a reading with people, then as long as we get that message out that's meant to be in, in however, however many pieces it comes in sometimes, yeah. Mm. Then the client and spirit will always remain the important part of that triangle, and it it will not matter to me one iota how however my journey ends up. That that will always be my philosophy.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
3: Yeah,
0: I really like that. It's so mm. important that we taught that we turn up to our true turn up as our true self as an in in an authentic way. Is I think you, you see so many mediums and it's it's almost like they've been trained and reading off a, trained a to read from a script yeah isn't it so mm. I think more people will be drawn to you Rick because you are that authentic person you are just you um it reminds me of a friend of the podcast Angie who says, yeah. I am just a toilet tube. Yes. <laughs> it just comes through. <laughs> um, and I think the same as you, Rick, and myself and Glenn and Julie, we work intuitively, don't we, really?
1: Yeah. I work similar to Rick there because people say, well, can you see anything? And I'll say, well, no. No. <laughs> I don't dress it up and I don't pretend I can see something if I can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I will give them information or other guidance, which is, in my opinion, better than trying to fluff things up. You know, I I just can't do it really.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm, Very interesting.
0: Spiritual practices, Rick. So thinking about spiritual practices, I mean, we all, I suppose we all have, spiritual practices that we do which well we would try and do daily um maybe yoga meditation swimming um the gym the gym Mm. do you have any spiritual practices that you do daily rick or try to do daily
3: um not not specifically because you mentioned early on about working intuitively yeah um i tend to and one of the worst things for me is I'm I'm absolutely useless at uh, meditation because I can't keep my gob shut long enough to listen in to uh, what's <laughs> what's going on. So I, I I was taught very early on because I've got quite an active mind and uh, say a talk well as you probably guessed talk a lot was sitting in my own power. So I kind of like go into a bargaining mode every now and again, where I feel that I need to connect in with something deeper than what I'm experiencing on the surface. So I'll sit for 10 or 15 minutes because even I can manage to keep still for that long. <laughs> um, and I just call in my guides and my inspirers and um, notice your normal thought processes drifting on by and then just see if there's anything in between the thought of you know, what might be a spiritual consideration what might be a um, uh, something for a client it might be something like a song lyric it might be just uh, a passing memory of, of somebody that's been there yeah. um, and i spend a lot of time um writing notes uh, writing just bits down because at times my mind can be really random which is brilliant on its best days but frustrating on its, you know, on its not a so good day. Yeah. So I've always got notes there with, there's always yeah. thought. And when I wrote my book, um, my big influence was a book called Aesop's Fables. And Aesop's Fables was all about the story and then the moral of the story. So, Whenever I work on something, the idea is, okay, I'll ask the question then after the thoughts come through, what was that, what was that thought for? What was the reason behind it? Um, and, I, and I call that critical thinking That mm. as you sit there, that if, if we waste our lives hours on just trivial stuff, yeah. there's no end product. No. Yeah, so I always true. look for when I'm considering thinking or working my way through my spirituality is where is this taking me? for me there's no time for sort of trivial pursuits in, in in that way i'm always looking at evolving so i spend time um reading studying anything that can give me a lever into people's psyche so that i can help them face up to the self so that they can turn around and say that that they're happy with who they are that's that's what drives me all the time mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah that is a you you said you spend a lot of time note note taking and writing notes but that in itself is a spiritual practice isn't it journaling is a spiritual yeah. practice mm-hmm. as well so and you're the meditation that you were talking about where the the normal thoughts come and go and then in between those you'll get some uh, some really random thoughts as well or or maybe a daydream um so for me that's kind of that's kind of a meditation for me as well that's mm. my i love that kind of meditation my really. daydream yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I like to do the silent meditations um now and again and that really does test your metal doesn't it 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 switches off that monkey mind. Yeah. Um and or at least it encourages you to to learn that practice of how to shut that off. Mm.
3: Yeah. I will I will just I will just mention that you can sort of say that um uh the, the lack of practice with meditation can can keep you sort of still, but there, there's very good reason um, why I I struggle with things like that, and it, it's not as big a problem as it used to be. But um, during the course of my prison service career, I was diagnosed with PTSD, oh, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, and one of the one of the uh, sort of things about that is that uh, one of the it, it, the legacy, if, if you like, I try not to focus on it, but is um, you're on an alert status. You're on a constant uh, Uh, alert status. So it's difficult to sit in a darkened room and then completely switch off. You've really got to be in your safe space. So like when I used to go to church circles and uh, things like that, that was not a good place for me to turn around and say that I relaxed. Whereas now I'm finding, because I'm in a safe space and I've got rid of a lot of those sort of demons out of my Mm. head, then I do find sitting quiet a little bit easier but I've still got a long long way to go with that before I can turn around and say oh yes I can go in there for an hour and sit there comfortably because I know I'll be twitching after about 10 minutes. Yeah Mm, well that's
1: really good though isn't it Mm. yeah it's uh, great that you're working through that Uh, it's not easy to meditate anyway you know it's just quite hard. No no. I teach yoga and uh, obviously I, I do relaxation at the end of the class, but uh, to meditate, people really have to get into a deep uh, zone there, which you wouldn't want to do in a class mm. scenario anyway. It's not a safe space, you know, interruptions and all the rest of it. So I agree there, you know. Yeah, yeah. and
2: of course, when you're that vulnerable as well, um, you're picking up on other people's vibrations.
1: And energies.
2: Yeah, so that, that can put you off in itself,
0: can't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank
1: you for sharing that, Rick.
0: Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's lovely to have a guest on that actually comes with such vulnerability and honesty. So, yeah, thank you, Rick, for that. No problem. I would like to ask you, Rick, about your author side. Um, grateful Thoughts, I do believe your book's called.
3: Yeah, well, just say, uh, we, we touched on it briefly there before um i've got to credit my wonderful friend ian timothy of of the events that i do that i stand at a lot of the shows with but i'm one of these that i don't take credit if it's not mine now the idea to write a book um came from two people i've said to my wife a while ago that I've just got this urge to write and she she said well just do it then and and like i was saying earlier on I, I like to be productive so i like an end product for it so the idea of just writing was um it, yeah it was therapeutic to a certain sense uh, to a certain te- sense of the, of the word but i had uh, done a lot of writing in the past and it had gone nowhere i'd ended up sort of screwing it up and putting it in the bin so i wanted an end product from on this one so uh, I started writing articles for the uh, Lizzie in Events page. Yes. And Ian, the wonderful Ian Timothy, who is a very much uh, a big inspiration of mine, said, well, if you put 20 of these articles together, we'll do a book. Well, mm. I could have been knocked down with a feather. It was uh, <laughs> such a shock. But but I started to look then at, at the, the figures and Um, of people that were reading what I was writing and uh, the messages that I was answering on on social media. And and I thought, do you know what, why not? You know, I could have thought of a lot of reasons why I shouldn't do it. But Mm. then I thought, well, even if one word hits one person, then to me, I've achieved. So what my stress buster's always been for a a long, long time is I grabbed the dog's leads and I'm very, very fortunate that uh, I lived Uh, just at the back of a park and I grab the dog's lead and I I go what I call it robin hunting because that's where I'm at my habit at happiest I walk round and I I look for robins
1: um,
3: which is a big which is a big spiritual thing for me Mm -hmm. and the more I get the happier I seem to feel and then I just started to observe things as I was walking about and uh, see how that related to the human condition so say Aesop's fables came into mind there, that there was there was a story, there was something there in the background, and then there was always a moral to the story. Mm, and the big so. thing for me is that you, you look out into the outside world, social media etc, and there's lots of unhappiness, there's lots of negativity and all of that sort of thing. And I thought, well there's enough of that. <laughs> they don't need me to add to it. So if I just sort of bring in some of my comedic skills if you like, and <laughs> some of my quirkiness and my sometimes odd outlook on 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 life then let's see how many people read it and if they don't well it's no great loss because it's been i've enjoyed doing it um and it's not been a waste of my life's hours so it went from there um yeah. but like with everything you 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 complete the task um and now i've been tasked by other people to write the second one and that's the that's the one now that's just taking a little bit of time because I'm sort of in fits and starts with it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm very very proud actually of my literary work because I never thought that would happen. Because same same with my spirituality, I'm just a normal working guy. So I'm very very proud of that that written work that it's reached one person, let alone sold sixty copies. Yeah. Uh, you know, really yeah. jo- well done, Great. well done. done. That is yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Have you got a title for this second book, Rick? Uh,
3: no. Um, oh, I've got, how that, how I've... that will be? Well, how it came about was people were um, asking me if I would teach. Yeah. And my answer has always been consistent. Teach what? What, what is it that you want me to teach? Because I'm so much about people atre- achieving their own true potential, I want to tap into their potential, not to copy me or not to be led or guided by me. I'm I'm what um, oh, I'm, a, I'm a support mm. I'm a support role in things. So I've said to quite a few people, "You tell me what it is that you want me to construct, and I'll construct it." Um, but there's been more and more requests. Um, so what I've started doing is there's a little bit of anecdotal stuff. But what I thought, what I decided to do was to work with um, honesty and and, and integrity. And go through all the things that I was taught, but give it from my perspective and say, well, I understand somebody there that might be struggling for confidence. I understand that there might be people that are thinking in this, that way and and the other way. Um, Explaining about what happens if you do a reading for somebody and they reject it all. How does that affect your confidence? You know, how do you get around things when you're on, on, on platform where you look at somebody and you're just not gelling with them and you, whether we like it or not, in this lovely arena that we have the fortune to work in, not everybody's all love and light. So it was, you know, it's all based on experiences as well yeah, as carrying yeah, on the theme yeah. of the, um, the, what Graceful Thoughts was about. Because, you know, every day is a different journey when I walk around that park. So that was where my idea came from. But as for a title... I'm, I'm sort of toying around the idea because I was in black and white for twelve years, is from black and white to colour, but that's as far as it's got at the moment.
0: All right, okay.
1: I think Phil's got an idea. Oh. He's been dying to say something. I'm
0: dying to,
3: on,
0: go to give on, you this go on, title. Phil. Let's have it. Listen, I don't want any I don't want any credit for it. <laughs> you can have it. But I know that you were likening your sto- your your writings to Aesop's Fables. Jar a story with um a moral, which are very much like parables, aren't they? Yeah. So I'm thinking I think you should call it the parable parables of the waistcoat man.
3: Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, put on, we'll put that on the list and start it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh dear marvellous Phil who's <laughs> been dying to say that for the last oh, few minutes oh I've been minutes. waiting to get that out for yeah. a couple of minutes
3: <laughs> <Duly> noted <laughs>
0: <laughs> obviously you can't ignore it Rick because it was channeled came from spirit
3: well that, that's it then it's it's, it's nailed on it's, it's the, the no,
0: no influence there but oh my god
3: we we'll just know. have to see if there's any royalty checks before it goes any further.
4: Than
2: mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got to ask there, Rick. Uh, when you do set about getting into the writing process, do you have any certain procedures that you follow? Uh, do you have to be in a relaxed state of mind? Are you channeling, directly channeling that information into your book? Uh, how do you work in that fashion?
3: Um, that's an interesting one, actually. I would say in in regards to the actual book writing. No, it, the, there's no set procedure.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: The, the idea is that in my mind, I've got a full head and I think, well, something needs to come out of it. Okay. There's oh. a, one of my favourite programmes of many years ago was The Simpsons uh, where Homer used to say something goes in, something goes out. So <laughs> my, my writing style is kind of like that. The only time where I would say that I directly channel stuff from spirit in regards to writing it's uh, I do these little card readings on my uh, on my table on uh, the shows that are in a sealed envelope yeah uh, where I sit and hold a tarot card um it's similar to automatic writing that I just write whatever mm-hmm. comes through okay. um seal it up with a color and then just sell sell the uh, one card reading and that one I definitely do channel spirit but I am inspired by um, so many different things. You know, it could just be the seasons of the day, or somebody's uh, uh, somebody's courage in overcoming something. Or yeah. uh, poetry's been been a strange one to say because I've never had any interest in poet poetry. And then I uh, wrote an article um, called "The Milliner," which um, when I looked up the definition of it, it's somebody that makes hats. And that was quite popular. Mm -hmm. And where the inspiration for that one came from, um, one of my uh, favourite groups when I was growing up was Simon and Garfunkel. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. Art Garfunkel wrote an article talking about never finding the right hat to wear. And he didn't mean it in the literal sense of wearing a hat, but Mm. being comfortable in the right place all of the time. So he, he talked about the stages of his life that he'd gone through, you know, from the various partners that he'd been with um, musically and, you know, in his private life, he talked about parenthood, he talked about ageing, he talked about his thoughts changing from being famous to not being known and things like that. And he ended it by saying, and you never seem to find the right hat. And I thought, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to that, because I spend a lot of time sort of chasing an ideal that at some point Everything will be spot on. But I don't think life's like that. I think life is always a journey. Life is always about that learning. So I'm quite content now that at nearly 50 years old that I probably never will find the right hat.
0: Mm. I like Mm. that. I was talking to somebody last night. Um, We recorded last night for an episode and we were talking about actually... Do we learn or do we remember what we already knew? Mm, that's an interesting, that's an interesting question. Mm.
3: Um, well, this is this is my perspective. This is not learned. This is this is my perspective, and this is where I think that spirit and the universal energy are a little bit um, sneaky. Where I believe that we have a blueprint that we design before we come to the the stage that we yeah. we yeah. land on. If yes, you like. yeah, and. Um, we agree, whether it's by contract or whether it's by evolution of what it is that we're going to learn, where we're where we're going to be put, um, and there's certain steps along that path that will be fulfilled, um, albeit with a you know as I always say to people that life has this habit of throwing curveballs at you, but essentially mm. you're going to come round onto the the pathway that you you've chosen. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I, I believe then we get something like an amnesia where we start out like with the tarot journey, where we start out with that knowing nothing, and then we step onto that path. And as we walk that path, we become more knowledgeable. So we're actually um, learning what we've agreed to forget, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So um, you're talking along the lines, I think, of a soul contract, aren't you? Um, where we agree everything, literally everything Before that's going to happen, it, yeah. even those curveballs that you've talked about, Rick. There, yeah. we agree that those curveballs are going to be there.
3: I don't know if we agree, but I, we accept it. Yeah. I, I, I put it that way. We, we, we accept that they're going to be there. So it's like your blueprint being laid down, but it's it's never the final it's never the final drawing because he, you're looking for the outcome. Cause my belief is as well, that when we get to the spirit land that we have the, the, the wholesale opportunity to look at our lives and then we've got a decision to make uh, to whether we go back and pick up anything that we've, we've missed missed out on or whether we abo- uh, evolve and go further. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that at the moment, but well, I've not, not got any real answer to it, but that's where I, I kind of land with it. That's, that's my hope that the, the, our loved ones that have left us of the, uh, you know, they're always around us, but they've also got that opportunity to move on to that higher level of learning should they wish to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I like to think that we return to the greater consciousness as well. Yeah. Really.
3: Well, so that wouldn't say that that's uh, the way it was described to me Is you got essence. So you're actually dealing with your higher self. Yeah, yeah, um, if, uh, and it's it's knowing, by I think by process of elimination, what's best for you. So, and um, this this for me is what's helped me deal with sort of religious beliefs, if you like, that that God essence resides in every, each and every one of us. Yeah, so yeah. we're only actually answerable to ourselves. We just seem to
0: yeah that get part of us- down
3: and bogged down by. Um, meaningless stuff at, at times, you know, but um, yeah. the light's always there. It just depends on how, how you decide to shine it.
0: There was uh, a book that I read a while ago, Rick, and that was talking about um, us being part of God, being part of that everything, being part of the universe. And once we realise and remember that actually we are part of God, we are an extension of God, then we will re- realize and remember that we have the power to create a universe.
1: Within sight of us. Yeah. Within us. Mm-hmm.
0: We do have that power. Um, and another thing that I uh, heard yesterday morning, actually, it was on YouTube, somebody that I've listened to on YouTube, and he said, our vibration is our location. That's nice. And so those mm, nudges... Those nudges that we have, those nudges to watch that video, that nudge to read that book, that nudge to walk in that direction, it's our future They're self. Signs, aren't they? Signs from our future self. Yeah. Well, we're multidimensional beings,
2: aren't we? So yes, yes. Several versions of ourselves. All at once. Out, yeah. Yeah, at the same yeah, time.
0: yeah. All in All in that one moment. All those moments are happening now. So, yeah. Um, Rick let's move on a little bit, talking about the energies that are around now. What advice could you give anybody? What advice could you give to anybody that is going through those changes that the, in these times of change at the minute?
3: Um, Prioritise what's important. Um, one of the biggest in, single influences with me was, uh, um, well, apart from doing my NLP course, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, which helped me sort of process how I think and why I think in that way. Because again, having a conversation with uh, Mr. Timothy, and we talked about investment of your life's hours. So when you start to look at your normal mundane to Friday things that you, you worry about and that you get concerned about, but they've got no end to it. So people worry about things that they can't actually influence. I start then to look, that right, my life hours, no matter how much we've got on it, none of us actually know how long we're going to live none of us actually know how long we've got so your life hours are actually precious so what do you invest in? Invest them in? So I always look at, if, if I'm doing an investment in anything, I want a, a positive return from it um, and when you're working in MLP terms, you're always looking for that better feeling from everything that you do, so for me it's all about investing in um what's best for you and only you as the individual can know what's best for you so when it comes down to um uh like when we get sort of bogged down and I always make sure that i have a good look round. i i hit the pause button every now and again because i i, I put it again quite simply i think about if you're under if you're under a period of stress, what happens within your body is it sends out chemicals, it sends out messages and all non essential services shut down because mm-hmm. all you're looking at doing is whether I've got to run away from something fight or, flight. or whether mm, I've got to yeah. I've got to yeah. fight something. But the, the problem with that is, is is it's great in a in a defensive situation however if all non-essential services are shut down you don't need your brain to run away or things <laughs> so you're you're not gonna, you're not not gonna make sensible decisions. Mm. so i always look at it now as right okay if i've got something that's going on around me that's making me agitated there must have been a state prior to that state of agitation where i was okay so i then look at What's been the difference in it? That time frame can be really relatively short. It could be a matter of hours, days, whatever it is. But at some point, if we can isolate what it was mm. that's made you change from one behavioral state yeah. to the other, then you can calm yourself down. Because if you realize, right, I've got nothing to run away from or I've got nothing to fight, I can't influence that. Therefore, yeah. then I can use my life hours to something productive. So I have a, I have a good look round. I hit the pause button, and the simplest answer to that question, would be, you could go round and round the houses with this, but the simplest answer to this is do what we naturally do, and that's breathe. Yeah. Just slow your breathing yeah. down. Slow those thoughts down in, in your mind. Hit the pause button, break the behavioral state, and then have a good look round, and then go again.
0: Yeah. Bro. Good. Rick, you are so lucky. You are the guinea pig for our new segment. Um, so mm-hmm. Glenn, if you can wheel in the full circle um wheel of random philosoph- philosophical questions, questions. please. Yes.
2: Okay? Just bear with me a minute. It's quite heavy.
0: <laughs> it's coming in. It's coming in the studio. Mm-hmm. Oh, it landed okay. with a thump.
2: <laughs> Let me just move it. Okay, here we go. And it's stopping. Oh, we've
0: got a a question. We
2: have. So the question is, what is the best way to train people to see the Gradients. gradients in the world around them instead of just a simplistic... This is a good that is wrong view of
0: the world. Mm. Oh right, that's a long question. It is. Oh Glenn like, you've you Can I have
3: that can I have that again, Philip? Because I didn't quite catch the end part of that.
0: Would you like me to break it down and make it simple, Rick?
3: Yes, because that'll suit me down to the ground. Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> now, um actually, can I just read that question, Glenn? Is that okay? Yes, I'll read it out. It says, "What is the
2: best way to train people to see the gradients in the world around them instead of just a simplistic
0: this is good, that is right." Wrong. Okay. That's talking about you, that's talking about assessment of what is right and wrong, isn't it? So, Rick, that question there then I suppose is how best can we educate people and teach people about assessments in life so this is right this is wrong how do we do that i suppose how do we get people to look at their own assessments in life
3: now that i mean that is something that you could debate for hours and hours and hours i mean fundamentally i believe that everybody's got that sense of right and wrong in there, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. in in built into them, e- even people that are, you know, sort of criminals and, uh, and you know, I'll, I'll put it this way, bad people, um, rather than letting any anything any into coming But I, I fundamentally believe that it, within everybody, there's there's a, a right, a right, a, a right and wrong, wrong a very yeah. strong moral compass. However, um, environmental factors and things like that will, um, for me, ultimately lead to prejudices that may or may not be undone it it really depends there, to me for the, to answer that question conclusively will be quite difficult because there's so many factors to consider i think essentially if i got that down as far as i could do i would just say that comes down to the person Maybe yeah. being challenged by, by somebody else yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and listening to their perspective and, and being big enough to turn around and just go, well, actually, that may, be, may have been my belief in the past, but with yes. new educa- uh, new yeah. education or new information coming to light, then i might I might change that. I mean, I use my own circumstances uh, as an example that being a prison officer for twelve years gives you a certain stance on life. And yeah. then when you come out of that black and white environment, you realise that there is alternatives. Yeah, um, and yeah. I, I have spent the last eight years since I left the job altering a lot of my perspectives because mm. it's based on new information. So it's that's, I don't think that that is a very straightforward question to answer. It's I really not, don't. is it? I don't mm. think it's, you can uh... teach people unless they really want to and really acknowledge that they they yeah. want to change what it is they
1: don't they open and uh, able to accept that things may be different yeah definitely
0: i think for me it's um it's about, judgment. It's about unlearning what we've been taught the conditioning it's a, yeah, yeah. it's about unlearning that conditioning um and i think we make decisions that we make decisions that either raise our vibration or lower oh, right. our vibration And I think for me, that's the difference between good and bad. So if I do something that raises my vibration, Mm. for me, that's a good thing. And then obviously, if you do something that lowers your vibration, that's about that. does that make sense? Yeah, it's bit
1: that awareness of how we,
0: that is one tough question.
1: Down your sort of dropping that you have to catch yourself and realise that you've dropped. Yeah, yeah. And then bring yourself back up as well. So it's a perception and yeah. of course from the with that,
2: We well. all vibrate at different frequencies. So we we all have our own view of that as well, don't we? Based upon how it feels for us as an individual.
0: Yeah. Does definitely. That feel right? Does it feel wrong? I mean, I don't like to go back to when we were talking with um Eric Henderson, mm. and, I, and when I said that even Hitler thought what he was doing was for yeah. the greater good. That's his assessment of good and bad. So let me, we, we, we are closing and digressing. <laughs> One yeah. last question, Rick, and then what I'm going to do is ask you to just reel off where people you? can find you and all that, all that jazz. But the last question that I'm going to ask you, Rick, is... Can you give us one thing that you're grateful for today?
3: Oh, without a doubt, my family.
0: That's nice.
3: My yeah. my family, my wife, my children. Um, I'm sat in a I'm sat in a house that uh, has got the heating on. I've got um, a dinner cooking. Yeah. So for me, it's all of the simple things that lots of people take for granted. But you know, I've got I've got a supportive environment, I've got pets around me that um, that help that support you on, on the darker days. So yes, it's my family, my my family environment and, and my home.
1: Yeah.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. Beautiful like, answer.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's
0: good. So where can
1: Where can um, we find you? Where
0: can the listeners find you? What platforms are you on where if you want to reel them all off, you've got that right. opportunity?
3: Yes, so we've got uh, Rick Paul Spiritual, Medium and Psychic on Facebook, um, which is uh, my mediumship page where I do uh, the lives uh, on there through StreamYard. Um, We've got the Urban Urban Angel page, which is um, where I do my spiritual counselling, which is where I put quite a lot of my sort of thoughts on on there. Um, My Instagram page is... uh, I'm trying to think of it off the top of my page, but uh, off the top of my head, it's Waistcoat Man, I believe. But I'm uh, <laughs> sure that my uh, waistcoat will pop up on there. Um, and my email address is mediumrick 7 at gmail.com. If anybody's interested in uh, ha- either having readings or consultations, I'll answer things on Messenger. Um, but like we said right at the beginning, just bear in mind that I do balance the, uh, the mundane life with the, with the spiritual life. Um, and over the next year, I'm really hoping that this uh, business, in a sense, will expand for me. I'm planning on going uh, to a, a lot more um, demonstration, doing a lot more demonstration work this, this next year. Um, and seeing where we go from there but I'm, I'm quite easy to find and say as soon as you see the way go or see a review where somebody says they've had the backside kicked by me then uh, that should <laughs> yeah
1: be good. yeah 007 no. in the email as well there i noticed
0: yeah. is that oh is that on and, purpose was that on purpose rick you see yourself as a bit of a james bond hello
3: that- hello
1: did you hear that? Sorry, did no, I hear? sorry,
3: I didn't quite catch. I didn't quite catch that. Sorry.
1: Did Did I hear the 007 in your email there?
3: Yes. Yeah, you
1: did. 007. <laughs> James Bond.
3: <laughs> well, it, it's, it's one of those strange things where somebody says, "Right, you need to make an email address up," and I'm just like floundering. I thought, well, I'm a medium, mm. and what number could what what number could you think of that somebody'd always remember? And and that's it's like with like with everything with me it, it's a sort of test. We'll throw it out there and and see if it sticks. Um, I remember this. That, that's how it, <laughs> that's how it's been. I mean, the waistcoat situation that was exactly the same as well because that came about from um of going up to my first big event, two day event, where I was reading for people and thinking there's twenty two different uh, readers in this particular place. Um, how's anybody going to remember me? Mm-hmm. So I thought, my, my thought process was, right, we'll we'll do something where they'll remember the colours, they'll remember the vibrancy, they might not remember the face, but they'll certainly remember the waistcoat. So it's always things like that that are sort of pitched out there. Marvellous. Like with everything, you're only as good as your last testimonial or your last feedback. So that's, that's, how, that's how I work. I, I'll try something. If it works for me, great. I'll... Uh, Log it, and if it doesn't, then we'll look at changing it and as long as I'm evolving and moving forward, I am really, really happy with my spiritual lot
1: very good brilliant fantastic lovely Rick. chatting to you this
0: evening. thank you so much. I know I speak from all of us here, myself Julie and Glenn, that we have so much gratitude for your time that you've spent with us, so thank you so much um. I'm sure that we'll meet again, and it will be fantastic for us to have you on as a guest again at some point. If that's something that you'd like to do, um, we are trying to get out to uh, different mind, body, spirit shows. So at some point, we might be able to see you and catch you at a show as well. So thank you very much, Rick. It's been a, it's been such a pleasure. Um. Thank you Glenn, thank you Julie. Thank you Phil. Um, it's been thank wonderful you, again as usual. Namaste everybody. Namaste. Over and out
1: till the thank next you. time.
0: Thank you for listening and continuing to support the Full Circle Podcast. We would love for you to subscribe and share. Don't forget to find us on our official Facebook page. Until next time, have a good time, all of the time.